Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You know what else is nice? What's nice? Recording this podcast. Hello and welcome to Drunk Dish, where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode 41, where we will be discussing La Festa di San Silvestro. That sounds Italian, great. Yeah. Italian New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. right? That's what we're talking about, right? Yep. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> That's what I researched. Yay. Yeah. It, it means like the feast of St. Sil- Sylvester, right? Right. Right. The feast of Stallone. Mm. Yeah. Not that Sylvester. <laughs> Sylvester the first, the OG. <laughs> the OG Sylvester. I'm Melissa. <laughs> I'm Kate. I'm Amy. We did it. Yay, us. <laughs> Guys, Christmas is over. There's nothing else to look forward uh, to. It's all just darkness. No, the dickens are getting uh, lighter now. Yes. No, I know. That's true. That's true. Uh, bring down the listeners, uh, Melissa. Uh, I mean, it's it's just like, I don't necessarily mean darkness, like how long the days are. I mean, there's nothing to look forward to. Um, I mean, I this will come out after New Year's, so New Year's will already be over. Mm, yeah. So I guess we'll be in 2021. Yay! Unless something happens between now and then. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Knock on wood. Somebody knock on wood. <laughs> so now that we've introduced ourselves, every episode, Kate likes to ask us one food-related question. So, Kate, what is your question? Okay. look very excited. So there, I need a little... I. I'm going to give a little bit of background on this question mm-hmm. first. So mm-hmm. I make these cookie boxes for people uh, every year. Right. And it's just like a little little, you know, sampling of a couple of different types of. It's not little listeners. These are like the most baller like cookie little treat boxes. OK, <laughs> don't listen to her. I got okay. one and it was exceptional. Anyway, I like continue. exceptional. So, so anyway, it's like there's you know a a, a a smattering of choices in the box, um. But this year, well, actually, last year, my mother-in-law sidebar sidebar, <laughs> jeez, already. I also I also thought when Greg brought that that home, I thought was the cookie question on our last episode all an elaborate ruse to know what cookies to put in. <laughs> It was uh, it was it was, yes. ten, it was tangentially um, because of the boxes because I was you know getting ready to make all this stuff and I was like oh sneaky I monkey what's the thing that Sorry. but, but okay, you still continue. got you still got fudge anyway so um, well Greg loves and it was peanut butter yeah. fudge which Greg loves nice so nice it's my yeah. mom's favorite too it was the first thing he ate excellent <laughs> we like that yeah so um, last year my mother in law sent us home from Christmas because I don't know if you guys remember but last year people got to actually spend Christmas with other people I don't know if that what yeah, I know Wait, what? I, kn- I know I know but last oh you mean like you mean like most people that I know on the internet did anyways this oh, year you mean that I guess I don't know many of those people <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, anyway um, last year my mother-in-law sent us home with these things that she called uh, 
sugar plums. Okay. And they're these little round balls um, that are rolled in like confectioner sugar. I'm getting the vapors just thinking about them. <laughs> Amy. <sighs> I'm going to cry. They are so good. <laughs> so. Wow. So. Uh, he, so here's. So I. I. Um, asked. My husband to ask his mom. If she would mind giving me the recipe for these things. Because they were literally the best thing I ate last year. Like hands down. They were. They're just delicious. So. Uh, and she did. She was. She's. She's. Um, you know. A very very kind person and she had no problem she sent me the recipe it's adorable it's like handwritten like she took a picture of her handwritten recipe um and it's like an old recipe so it even says like oleo it's, it's like two sticks of oleo not butter and like it's really super cute and um and i had to read it like four times because there were things on it that i was just like i don't know what that even means what's the difference between a hard boil and a rolling boil i have no idea one of the lines just says nuts like that's all it said <laughs> it just says nuts <laughs> okay oh my god i love it yeah it's great so um so anyway the the question here now is i'm putting together this cookie box for my in-laws and you know, I'm talking to my husband about putting it together. And I was like, well, don't put any of those in, please. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, we can't give your mom the sugar plums that I made from her recipe. Because, no, that's just that's just weird. Like, you can't do that. And he was like, what are you talking about? Why don't you just give them to her? And I was like, no, because that's just we a weird thing, right? So my question is. Oh, and then also slight sidebar. I made two batches and one of them came out like crap. So I turned out to feel like actually it didn't come out like crap. It was just not quite right. There's something wrong with it. So what I ended up doing was giving them to her and sort of saying, OK, there's a good recipe. There's a good batch that I think is right. And then there's a batch that I think I did something wrong. You've been making these for 40 years. What did I do wrong? That way I felt like I was getting getting away with giving them to her without feeling like a jerk for giving these things to her. Cause Dan was That's like adorable. Yeah. Dan. That's I, adorable. No, here's the thing saying about like, I didn't <laughs> want to give you ones that I made properly. <laughs> I know you've been making these for 40 years. Please take these ones and tell me yeah, what, did I, do what I did wrong yeah. instead of just enjoying them without having to make them. Well, no, I gave her both. I <laughs> gave her the good ones, but I also, oh, I wanted okay. her to taste <laughs> the weird ones because they still tasted good. It was just the texture was a little weird. So right. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, you've yeah. definitely screwed these up oh, because everybody has screwed up a recipe before. Right. So like I was like, 100 oh, yeah. percent definitely done. You, you've definitely ended up with a batch that was like this. What did you what do you think I did? So my question now that 25 minutes have gone by, my question <laughs> is, do you guys think it's weird to. Is it appropriate to give cookies or whatever to the person that gave you the recipe for that thing. Like if you made bread based on a recipe that somebody gave you, like, I think it would be different. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. No, that's when our, well, yes. Yes. And it's like, there's two possibilities. One is that you give them the cookies and like you give them out of kindness and it's sweet and it's endearing. And then the person knows that you like, 
you legitimately wanted the recipe when you asked for it. We weren't just being polite, like that you enjoyed the recipe. Like, and then it's a, it builds that relationship. And I think that's beautiful. And the other reason why you do that is to be like, hey, bitch, I can make these better than you. <laughs> <laughs> it's vindictive. Did you just did you just call Dan's mom a bitch? <laughs> because she's literally her. one of the sweetest women I've ever met in my life. No, specifically <laughs> her. I know, I know. And I know Kate would never do this because she is no, not the kind not. of person to no, do no, this. No. But the other reason why you do that is if you're like, right. hey, I can make these better than you. And like I, I'm still I still support that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I I also I think it's not weird regardless of the situation okay. because it's like if uh, especially if you know that maybe they're not making them this year so right. it's not like they have a bunch mm, right. laying around. Right. It's nice to give something that they didn't have to make and then especially cuz we were talking about those because there was some in my little treat basket and they were phenomenal like I couldn't stop texting Kate about how delicious her <laughs> balls were. My balls. Um, they were delicious. <laughs> I just had sweaty balls running through my head the <laughs> yeah. entire time. Oh, they're so moist. They're, they're, they're a little salty. They're very firm. <laughs> they're very firm. These balls. Um, this is what they. And this is what they look like. By they're, the way. Oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> this is, and they're kind of complicated to make. Mm-hmm. So like making them for someone else is like, oh, cool. I get to eat these now and I didn't have to actually make them, which is the best, you know, baked good or baked treat is when you don't have to make it and someone Mm -hmm. else made it for you. So I don't think it's weird at all to do that. I think anyone that would think it was weird probably has some other issues. Okay. (laughs) Yep. That they need to address. Yep. Now, what about... I mean, not you. I mean, the person you're gifting to. Like, if the person you were giving them to was like, I gave you this recipe. Like, I make... Greek butter cookies every year. That recipe came from my aunt. So my cousin and my mom know how to make them. That was but like still when I say I'm making them, they're like, hook, hook me up. Can you please bring them to us? <laughs> and speaking of which, um, I also have so I have a little sh- smorgasbord here on my plate and I had some of these sugar plums, but I also have this heavenly little bit of s- sugared dough. Both and Melissa oh, and one of the butter cookies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I gave you a lot. You did. I was like, get these out of the house. You did. <laughs> Take um, three boxes, please. Okay, so that so that's the other part of the question then, because so giving them back to the person who gave you the recipe, you guys are totally on board with and think that's fine. What about giving them to so we also gave them to some some to his brother who has also grown up with this recipe and you guys are cool with that too. You think that's not a weird yeah. thing? All right. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Well, I fully support it. I'm yeah, no, cookies for everyone. It. Signed and verified. The more, yeah. the merrier. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks. Who's going to complain about extra like sweets? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it just struck me as real weird. Just like real. <laughs> Something else that was in the treat box I was going to make. And then I opened the thing and I was like, oh, my God, she made them. It was the like saltine. Oh, my God. Those are my favorite. Caramel chocolate mm-hmm. thing. Because we had seen uh, we had watched a video by Emmy made in Japan where she made them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those are a thing. I've always wanted to try those. And I was going to make them. And then we got your treat basket. Oh, and nice. I was like, I guess I don't have to make them. <laughs> oh, they're so those things are so good. Delicious. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. No problem with that. Share. I can never see why sharing any sort of baked good that you made yourself would be bad. Okay. You know, unless it had like, it was like poisoned or something. But no, that's a different... I tried not to do Even that. Even then, you've got your reasons. You're a nice person, Kate. So <laughs> that 
that's true. If Kate's I poisoning trust you. something, <laughs> yeah, I guess that, <laughs> you gotta, that's a little, so that's, a, up that's a side eye right there. That's a whole, whole thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank, thank you for, uh, thank you for making me feel better then because I was like, oh, this is weird. I feel really bad no. about sending this over. Nice. All right. Well, Melissa, what are we drinking today? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay, so there's a lot of German words in this. Oh, yes. I can't wait. I know. You have to yell them all. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do my best. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit of the about a little bit of the history before I I actually give the recipe, which is kind of opposite of what I normally do, um, just because I feel like the history explains what I'm talking about when I talk about the recipe. Otherwise, in the recipe, I'm going to have to stop like every line and be like, and this is. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Some German words. Um, (laughs) God. So because I've gone over these so many times, I know I'm going to fuck them up. So what um, we're drinking, well, what I'm drinking tonight is a Feuerzangenbola. Um, nice, which job. I said very fast. Was, which that's is a, how you have to say all German words is very fast and very loud. You did perfectly. <laughs> I really do love German. There's another YouTuber we watch that he lives in Germany um, and his videos are in English. But when he goes out and like goes to places, he speaks German and obviously everyone else is speaking German. And I just love I think German is great. Anyways, (laughs) so essentially what this is, is like mulled wine, but with a twist. Hmm. Um, So essentially a a Feuerzeckenbola. I said it wrong that time, is a German holiday holiday drink that literally translates to fire tongs punch. Um, and that term also applies to the equipment that you actually need to make it. So fire tongs punch gets its name from the original practice of using a fireplace tong, also known as a Ein Feuerset, uh, no, Feuersang, uh, instead of using like it to grab like hot coals and stuff from the fire, you would um, use it to light like a thing of sugar. I'm like losing my complete train of thought here. This is going, do you guys see me having a stroke? No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at your notes <laughs> okay. as you're talking too. Oh, okay. I'm like, because <laughs> I want to see the German words as you pronounce them. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. That's what's <laughs> fucking me up. Oh, sorry. So it, it comes from the practice of using fireplace tongs. Um, so what you would do is instead of using the fireplace tongs to grab hot coals from the fire to light like a pipe or whatever, the tong became a device to actually hold a sugar loaf, which is also known as a zuckerhut, um, used in preparing the punch, which we'll talk a little bit about as well. Um, it's a traditional mulled wine in Germany. It's also known as glavwein. Um, that is like the actual mulled wine, not the process of preparing it, which is more what this name refers to. Um, and what it does is it comes with a rum soaked sugar loaf, which I actually sent you guys a picture of. Um, and it's essentially Ooh. just a compressed cone of sugar. Also, rum um, soaked sugar loaf. New band name. <clears throat> <laughs> That is a good one. I do. I do like rum soaked sugar loaf. And what about rum soaked zuckerhut? <laughs> that's like, that's I don't if know we that want means. to play punk music. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so the zuckerhut is placed on a grate over with warm wine, like so the mulled wine that you made, and it's set on fire so that the sugar loaf melts and caramelizes and then drips into the mulled wine. 
which, uh, hello. And uh, there are pictures of it in the drive. Um, I just realized I didn't bring them up. I wanted to show you guys, but we're in it now. So we're just moving on. <laughs> uh, so this hot winter drink um, has served as the inspiration for songs, literary work, several films, and even a musical play. Um, it's believed that the beverage dates back more than 200 years and was also known as a Krapfenbuli, um, owing to its close resemblance with the red spirit produced in Gdansk. I think it's just Dansk. Uh, and popular amongst German student fraternities during the 19th century. It rose to fame after um, 1944 with the release of the cult uh, collegial comedy starring Heinz Ruhmann, a German big screen idol in the 20th century. The opening scene shows old friends sat around a table reminiscing over their student days as they share a bowl of punch with the sugar loaf in flames. Is that what this um, picture is from that I have up on the screen? It's like black and white with a snazzy looking dude yes. in a top hat smoking a cigarette. Yes, that's, yep, that's from the film. Whew. 100%. Nice. Um, uh, it's extremely popular for Christmas and New Year's. Um, specifically, Munich and Nuremberg organize a giant um, Fürzimbolen at their Christmas markets. Um, these are gigantic cauldrons, some of them um, over eight feet wide and uh, over 11 feet deep. Um, and these hold almost 9,000 liters of punch heated to 158 degrees. So you can just go and get your little your little punch with your caramelized sugar in it and then like walk on your way, which just honestly sounds magical. Yeah. <laughs> like to be in Germany in the winter and go to like a holiday market and just get this mulled wine. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly, I got lost just thinking about this for a while. <laughs> And being like, I bet it's gorgeous. Like, I bet it's just stunning. Um, it just sounds like yeah. the perfect way to spend like a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With the snow just lightly <laughs> falling. Yep. <sighs> yeah, it does sound really nice. Um, so that's pretty much all I have for history. Um, I got really stressed out by all the German. So I kind of didn't <laughs> do any more research mm. than surface level because I was like, I'm already having to say a lot of German words. <laughs> and uh I don't know how I'm going to do here. So um, we can move on. So the the general recipe is a very basic mulled wine. So you get two oranges um, and this is batch. So this serves 10 to 12 people. So really nice. like, you know, maybe five or six people. Um, so it's two oranges, two lemons, um, eight and a half cups of dry red wine. You really want this to be dry and not something that's too light and fruity. Uh, three cinnamon sticks, five cloves. Uh, a dash of ground ginger, and then you need a half pound sugar loaf, um, or you can also use sugar cubes for this. I did send, I'll have to upload it to the website. I did send uh, Kate and Amy a picture of it because I actually made a little mini one. It's or I actually so made two amazing looking little mini ones and did not think that it was going to work, but that thing is like hard as a rock right now. Nice, nice. Um, and then two cups of rum. Now, <laughs> these need to be at least. 54% alcohol. What? Did someone sneeze or something? Mm. Oh, I thought I heard a, a chew and I was like, No, I think it? I was making a noise about um, how much booze is in this to... thing. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, So, yeah. So, it needs to be at least 108 proof. So, really, you're looking for an overproof rum and it needs that high alcohol content to actually light on fire and caramelize the sugars. Um. 
So uh, to make this, again, the first part is very much like a standard mulled wine. You're going to wash the oranges and lemons thoroughly. Try and get like unwaxed versions or organic if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, pat them dry and then cut them into slices. In a large pot, you're going to add the red wine, oranges, lemons, cinnamon, and cloves. Um, heat it up slowly and make sure that it doesn't come to a boil. You just want it to be warm, not boiling. Um, then remove the pot from heat from the heat and place it on a heating surface stove or flame that you can serve from. So some of these pictures are also in the drive, but the there is a device for making this that kind of reminds me of like a fondue pot. So basically it's a pot and it has a heating element underneath. And then on the top, it has these kind of metal grating that you can set on top of it and then set the zuckerhut um, on top of that and then light it on fire so that it drips down into um, the wine. Nice. So that's what you would do there. So you'd soak the sugar loaf with rum and um, light it up. (laughs) The sugar will melt and drip into the wine. Add rum little by little to keep the fire burning until the sugar loaf is completely used up. Um, After the sugar loaf is used up, you gently stir and then serve. You can add a lemon or orange wedge or some cinnamon sticks after the fact uh, if you want to to make it fancy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like I said, there is special equipment for this. Um, I don't have that special equipment. I have um, like a fry, like a fry basket that I actually use to put the um, Zuckerhut like in the middle of it to be able to light it on fire. And then you kind of just have to hold it. There are ways to make it work, um, but just make sure you're super, 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 super careful if you do this because you are lighting alcohol on fire uh, and things could go bad. <laughs> some people, some people like to just soak the Zulker hut and then light it on fire. Some people soak it, place it, and then they have a little bowl of rum and they light that on fire mm-hmm. and then pour that on top of the sugar um, to kind of guarantee that the fire is kind of already going and consuming the alcohol so that when it hits the sugar, it continues to consume, um, which is pretty cool. And like I said, I you can make your own zuckerhut. I um, I say it differently every time. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it. One of them is I right. think German is the hottest language. So it's so good. Mm. I just wish that I could speak it at all. It sounds convincing to my <laughs> yeah. ears. Oh well, good to your to your freaking rural New Hampshire ears. Yep. It sounds like good yeah. German. I've done it. Um, <laughs> So all you have to do for this is you just basically add water to sugar. So I did find some recipes, but they were to make full size ones, which I don't really need. Um, And those were it was one and three quarters cup of sugar mixed with one and three quarter teaspoon of water. There's like barely any water in it. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of like did whatever. (laughs) I put I put a few tablespoons in a bowl. Um, I added a couple teaspoons of water. I mixed it up until it was kind of like wet sand. And then I packed it into shot glasses. And you got to like really, really pack it in like really, really solid. Mm -hmm. And then when you're done packing it in, you just flip it over and tap it and it comes out as one solid little cone. Um, And then ideally you want to let it dry out overnight um, or even better for a full week before you actually use it. I was actually really surprised at how quickly it hardened. Like I made it and within like 30 minutes, it was like hard as a rock. I was like, hmm. what? Like how does adding water to sugar make it harder? 
Like, <laughs> it's just weird to me science. that you add water to make it. Yeah, yeah science, science is wild, y'all. Um, so it's super easy to make. Um, so that part's easy. And then it's just, you know, being really careful when you light booze on fire. Because anytime you light booze on fire, you could burn a building down. So just be careful. Yeah. <laughs> so, Very cool. Yeah, that's all I got. Amy, what yes. are we talking about? We're going to talk about La Fiesta di San Silvestro, or as you said earlier, Melissa, Italian New Year's, um, which like these two things are very closely intertwined. Um, it literally translates from Italian and English into the Feast of San Silvestro or the Feast of St. Sylvester. Um, and this happens on his feast day, as we've learned previously, uh, every Catholics really love eating. So, uh, there's different <laughs> feast days for different well, saints. Like, uh, uh, Germany also does, um, yes. St. Sylvester. Cause when I was researching this, I was like, oh, okay. So they call it the same thing. So it's just us weird Americans, I guess, that don't have. Yep. Saint Sylvester. So there's, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a little bit of history about who Saint Sylvester the first was. You love um, saints. <laughs> how we celebrate him all around the world, um, and then a little bit about the food that we use to celebrate him. So um, this happens December 31st every year um, on a Gregorian calendar. Um, if you're following um, Eastern Orthodox Catholics. Uh, this happens, I think, mid-January, like January 13th, because um, those two calendars do not fully align. But essentially, it's the day, December 31st is the day which St. Sylvester is believed to have died on. Um, a lot of saints, usually it's a day that's significant in their life um, that we celebrate them. And usually there's a feast associated with it. In Italy, there's also like fireworks and concerts and a bunch of other things, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit. But first, St. Sylvester, who was he? What did he do? Where did he come from? <laughs> Why does he get to be a saint? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all good questions. Why was he in so many action movies in the 80s and 90s? <laughs> Why is he still in action movies today? <laughs> Why does he look like a raisin? Different Sylvester. Different <laughs> Sylvester. So this Sylvester was Pope from 314 to 335. Was he um, hot? Who can do that math? No. Did he look like, did he look like Jude Law? No. Mm. Aw. Okay. No. He looked like a Aww. little balding Italian man. Very devout. Um, not. Did you not, put any pictures? I don't have pictures of him. I have <laughs> pictures of other stuff that's associated with him. Um, oh, okay. To look at the drive. You're probably going to be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> no, uh, we'll get there. Um, he's he's most famous for two things. And these two things are what really led to his sainthood. So one is that he saw the rise of the Christian Roman Empire. And we'll talk about that in a moment. And then the other is that he oversaw the Council of Nicaea. We've talked about that a bunch in pretty much any episode where we've talked about the history of Christianity or Catholicism. The Council of Nicaea is where they decide what parts stay in the Bible, what parts don't, what is gospel, and what is heresy. Thank um, you for the reminder for our listeners because yes. Kate and I definitely... <laughs> remember yes i first that i first thing. mentioned it on Absolutely. our easter episode which is like our second episode ever 
Um, I think it was our first episode. We recorded it second, but it was our first. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they, they essentially dictated all of like what we believe to be the rules of Christianity today. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was settled at the Council of Nicaea. Um, and uh, although Pope uh, Sylvester didn't attend in person, he sent two delegates in his place to represent him. He oversaw it as the highest ranking member of the Catholic Church. And this is also like they they at this time, like there are all these different like versions of Christianity. And then the Council of Nicaea is like, no, we're going to do this one really fucking specific thing. Everyone else heretics. So um, like, for instance, at this time, there was this dude named uh, he was a priest and his name was Arius. And he founded a sect of Christianity called Arianism, where he believed that Jesus was a child of God, like all people are children of God. So there's nothing special about so Jesus. So not special. Yeah. Um, so Judaism. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, well, he still believed that he was he was like, um he was sent was to earth def- for, like by God and died for our sins. So he still oh, believed that part. Which oh, but that he wasn't a child of God. Well, he, they believe that he was well, a child everybody. of God, but like he didn't have like magic powers. Like he wasn't like well, on the same level as God. Right. No, well, everyone's no a child of God, but right. God didn't come down and knock up the Virgin Mary so that he could have his son. Sidebar, did anybody watch Jinx Monsoon and Venda LaCreme's holiday special? I have not yet. I know it's a yet and it's after Christmas, but it's something oh I have to watch God. after the kids go to they bed. They have a whole part about God knocking up the Virgin Mary and it is <laughs> amazing. I don't amazing. know what those words mean. Okay, Jinx Monsoon <laughs> is the best drag queen. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Period. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's the winner of one of the seasons Shh. of Drag Race. Oh, spoilers. And, oh, She's, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I adore her. She's amazing. Um, She's, like, super duper funny. Like, Oh, my God. She's got such so a great much. sense of humor. And then Ben de la Creme mm. is another drag queen, also from Drag Race, which there are some spoiler things about her, but I won't say. Something very big happens with her on one of those seasons. Okay. Um, And she's also amazing. Fabulous. Like, they're just great. And they put on a holiday special and it's on Hulu and it's like an hour long and you should go watch it. It's about how Jinx hates Christmas, of course. And Benda LaCreme is like obsessed with this idea of an old Connecticut Christmas like her grandmother used to host. We'd be friends. We'd be friends. uh, Mm -hmm. And there's talking eggnog called Nanog. Nice. Her dead grandmother. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little racist. Okay. Mm. But (laughs) it's really good. I don't know. Oh, Virgin Mary. That's what made me think about. They do Mm -hmm. a whole number about the Virgin Mary and like going to the the manger and all that stuff. Anyway, sorry. Long uh, drag queen Christmas sidebar. sidebar (laughs) It's a worthy sidebar topic. So one of the the biggest things that happened other than the Council of Nicaea under St. Silver, excuse me, at this point, he's the Pope, Pope Sylvester's reign was that he is also responsible for the conversion of Emperor Constantine. So Emperor Constantine is the first emperor. Keanu Reeves? Yeah, nope, of the Roman Empire to convert to Christianity. And he's also, fun fact, the uh, reason for the downfall of the Roman Empire. Um, Just don't, if if you're in charge of things, don't move the seat of power away from the economic seat of your country. That's all. That's all. You know, so what does that say? Did he move the seat of power to God? 
he moved the seat of power from Rome to Constantinople. Don't you dare start singing. <laughs> and named he named Constantinople after himself because he's a really humble guy. Um, you mean Istanbul? Yep. Istanbul. Why'd they uh, change it? So I can't say. Oh boy. So Pope Sylvester, he meets with Emperor Constantine. He's like, dude, you should really think about Christianity. And he's like, eh, I don't know. My life sucks. Even though I'm a Roman emperor, I'm suffering from leprosy. I'm like, it's painful. I hate I my life. And then off. shit's just. Yeah. I was ready to make a really snarky comment about, oh, I'm sorry. Is life too hard as an emperor? Oh, oh, you dick fell off. Oh, shit. Yeah. So then, I'm sorry, my dude. My bad. Leprosy. Yep, you're dealing with yeah. a lot of stuff. Pope Sylvester <laughs> blessed him and cured his leprosy, allegedly. And then Emperor Constantine mm. was like, fuck, this Christianity shit is for real. Like, down with all the Roman gods, this one god, he's he's Suspicious. my guy. So he Seems converted. like God stopped doing miracles about uh, a thousand years ago. <laughs> a thousand years ago from now? No, that's way too that's way too long ago. <laughs> a few hundred years ago, he stopped doing miracles. He cured he's curing all these people. Now nothing. Mm, nothing. Yep. No, it's all the it's he, all the charlatans. He let Trump be president. Hundreds maybe, of thousands of people are dying. I, I was going to say something that's yeah. That I'm not maybe that was to. part of a plan. Yeah, that's he can't. He doesn't give us anything we can't handle. Oh, Melissa, you know what? <laughs> Trump did radicalize a lot of young people to move farther left. I think so. in a way he did make America great again because there's a lot more Marxists here now. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the left is really blooming. Yep. <laughs> It's so, weird how when you start attacking already, you know, maintained rights, people start to go, wait a minute. Yeah. That's hmm, not maybe right. Maybe the system. Anyway, sorry. Wait, there's so, way what, more what marginalized people than. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a whole that's a whole nother podcast. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Emperor Constantine gives, in addition to his soul to Christianity, gives Pope Sylvester something uh, called Donatio Constantini. Which is totally bar, Italian. That's why I'm doing the hand gesture, so you know <laughs> that I'm saw. speaking Italian. Question, though. Yes. If someone gives you the recipe for a soul, and then you give it away to someone else, <laughs> is that okay? You have to give it back to the original person. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but only, only if you say, hey, I fucked up this soul. Here's <laughs> two souls. tell me what I did wrong? There's two souls here. <laughs> Well, one you murdered a bunch of people. Is, I think one of them is right. The other one, I, something's wrong with. One of them's really off its rocker. Yeah. I don't know what happened. But I'm sure you've uh, seen this before, so you can He thinks know. he's a great businessman. His skin is Cheeto-colored. I don't know what I did. There's no fucking soul there. You're No. There's no soul there. Oh, boy. So, Donatio Constantini. <laughs> This essentially means donation of Constantine. It's like really simple translation, but it granted spiritual supremacy of Christianity over the Roman Empire. So this is like a document. It was like a legal document. And it was it serves as a foundational document to determine the marriage between religious and political forces throughout all of medieval Europe. Part of the reason why it does that is because Constantine also fucks up his empire by moving his capital <laughs> 
from Rome. And then all of the Roman lords, like the the like higher echelon of Roman citizens, they're left behind and there's no like military forces there to protect them. So Rome falls and then they escape across the English countryside or not English countryside, European countryside, excuse me. And builds all of these other, and they create like a feudal system all across medieval Europe. So that's what creates the feudal system. It sucks. That's what causes the Roman Empire to fall. It sucks. All because of Christianity. Blame that. What do you have, Melissa? You just got really excited. Uh, it's uh, more wine. Oh. <laughs> Delivered nice. by my husband. More wine for me, too. I have really cheap $5 bottle of wine. Barefoot. Chardonnay. Oh, and it's a Chardonnay? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I'm going to drink this whole bottle I tonight. won't judge you for drinking Barefoot. I will judge you for drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> I'm mixing it with Sprite. Oh, oh that well, makes fine. it fine. <laughs> it's a drink <laughs> really, of desperation because really I haven't down gone, on the I haven't gone grocery buttery. shopping. So I like looked at my cabinet to be like, what am I going to make tonight? And I was like, shit, all I have is like vodka. Shh. Just vodka. Ooh, or Barefoot Chardonnay and Sprite. Like those are my options. <laughs> I think I fully support your choice. Yep. Oh, my God. We're never, and I know this is my fault, but we're never going to get through the episode. Okay, so Rome has fallen. Rome has and, fallen. And they've they've, they've branched out everywhere. everywhere. Yep. Okay. So th- that's something that uh, Pope, what the fuck is his name? <laughs> Sylvester. Stallone? Pope Stallone? Pope Stallone is also responsible for, but nobody talks about um he's also he also built a bunch of like really beautiful churches like saint peter's basilica is like probably one of the most widely known churches to americans like out of european churches and he's responsible for commissioning that um so he was a big deal he gets sainthood when he dies because he converts emperor constantine and he lays this foundational like document out with Emperor Constantine, which essentially ties the church, the now Roman Catholic Church, to all like European countries for the next like several hundred to thousand years. So there's all sorts of different food and celebrations to celebrate him all throughout the world. Um, I'm going to skip. We're going to talk about the Italy one last because there's a lot of other stuff. Um <laughs> The most amazing one, the one that I have pictures for in the OneDrive, is in Switzerland, Sylvester Klaus. You know, I just want to say, so I looked up Sylvester's favorite food. Yes. Uh, and apparently it's pizza. <laughs> you mean Stallone? <laughs> is that who you mean, Melissa? Jesus Christ. I said what I meant. <laughs> I mean, pizza is the um, right answer, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, that could work for yes. for anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, like I said, in the Gregorian calendar, his feast day is always celebrated on December 31st, which is the day he supposedly died. In Switzerland, they celebrate by doing something called Sylvester Klaus. And there's three different different uh Sylvester Klauses. Um, that people will cosplay as, I guess, and dress up as. And this has been going back since medieval times. Oh Nobody God, knows why it. the fuck it started. Nobody knows, like, the history of it. They're like, is it pagan? Is it just some weird Christian thing? Like, what's going on? Booze. But there's three different is different identities. One is, that's that's the last one. So that's called the ugly or the wooshta. 
Wooshta. Wooshta. <laughs> and then there's one called the Pretty Ugly, mm. the Schorusta. Is that this one? No, that one's the Beautiful, the Schon. I don't know if I said any of those right, but I said them with a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which means they're right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For a white American, that's the best we can do. (laughs) So the beautiful, they have this very ornate embroidered headgear with scenes of peasant life and domestic customs and crafts and special buildings all embroidered up there. And then um, it takes like hundreds of hours of really <laughs> intensive work. God damn you, Melissa, for putting Sylvester Stallone on the screen while I'm talking. And it's so there's the beautiful, the pretty ugly, where a costume that's like a little like less kempt. So like fur twigs I, and I ivy love and moss. This, though. I know. I think it's gorgeous. I think this is gorgeous. So like the ugly and the pretty ugly aren't actually like ugly. They're just like more wild. So and the ugly wears hmm. that costume. So that's the same costume as the pretty ugly and the ugly. The way you can tell them apart is their hat. So the ugly wears like a flat disc shaped hat or helmet. And, little two little men up here. Yeah. And it's supposed to, he's supposed to look like of nature, like very wild. Doesn't mm. it remind you? It, it reminds me of the um, the Rose Bowl parade, <laughs> which is also which which is also on New Year's Day. I so. never made that connection. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's also a fourth one. Um, Specklaus, which means Joker. But that I couldn't find any like modern depictions of. Um, and it's like usually there's some sort of like um, embroidery of like farmers or forestry workers or cooks. Um, and they wear black pointed caps. Um, they have masks or kerchiefs. So all these these different like personalities like people dress up as and they'll wear like a mask and a costume. I'm very confused by this picture. Right, I know. It looks like she's got four titties. She doesn't, though. They're oh, just I mean, like they're weird balls. ball things. Are like bells? Are they but bells? Also, yeah. Look I feel at like this they're background. Bells. This yeah. looks fake as fuck. Yeah. No. Like it looks like a uh, like in in the I, movies when they would do a matte background. Mm, I like, think it's a display at a museum. Like it's like set up like so in a. So this is a picture, but then. I don't I don't understand yeah, what I'm photo, looking at. It's a photograph of a display in a museum. So there's a painted backdrop mm-hmm. to make make it look like how it would look in the scene, but it's not in the okay. scene. Okay. Thank it's, you. It's like a, like a life-size diorama. Like, what conspiracy <laughs> is going on here to make us think that this is a real thing when I, this is obviously from some sort of set? I was going to say it definitely looks like the Von Tramp children should be like moseying right yeah. through there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So those those things on her chest are jingle bells. Mm-hmm. And um, historians think that this was actually started like as a lead up to Christmas. And then the, the first mention of this tradition comes from a 1663 uh, court document or not court document, Catholic document. That's like, what the fuck are they doing? This has to be sacrilege. What does this have to do with anything? We must stop it. <laughs> Catholics were saying this? Yes, Catholics were saying this. And it was outlawed for a brief time in the 18th century. There was punishable by, by a fine. It's back now as like a folk tradition. But it's a way they so the historians think that it started as a way to like count down like to Advent, 
like as an Advent practice and then they think that they moved it out of Advent se- season because Advent is supposed to be like much more solemn and moved it into New Year's. So they're like, OK, pick a different Catholic holiday, St. Sylvester's Feast, go with it. Do it. And then started doing this on New Year's Eve to New Year's Day instead. So all of the traditions to celebrate St. Sylvester's Feast Day make no fucking sense to me. In Belgium, <laughs> there's a maiden. So the theory is that if a maiden doesn't finish her work by the time the sun sets on St. Sylvester's Day, she will not get married in the coming year. Oh, just not in the coming year, though? Yeah, just not in the coming year. So, like, if some maiden's like, look, I'm set up with this dude, but I really I'm not want to. I'm, I'm just going to, like, it. really kind of lay around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On, you know, the Feast of St. Sylvester, and then I don't have to get married for at least another year. I can just keep pushing right. it off. But back, I mean, back then, like, middle age was like 15, so. <laughs> that's, that's true. I shouldn't laugh. That, that's 100% true. So there's that. Yeah. And then yeah. in, in Brazil, there's fireworks and then road races. Um, in Israel. That sounds Brazilian. Yeah, it does sound Brazilian. In Israel, um, there's actually. So uh, St. Sylvester is anti-Semitic. Um, I spelled I mean, anti-Semitic wrong like five times in my fucking notes. It's like spelled differently, like wrong each time, but a different version of wrong every time. Um, but yeah, so St. Sylvester is anti-Semitic. Um, presumably, I, again, I didn't spend a lot of time on this I mean, research. Most early Christians were anti-Semitic. Right. I mean, if you spend your time running around trying to convert people. Right. Yeah. And the Romans had a really good relationship with with the small Jewish population that existed within the Roman Empire. And I think that when Emperor Constantine was converted, that he like fucked shit up with that. So like, I think it's related to that, but I haven't done thorough research. So Google it or something. Um, <laughs> but they so... <laughs> In Israel, anyone like um, there are certain like religious sects who believe that um, people who celebrate even just New Year's Eve um, are anti-Semitic. Um, but there's like a bunch of ex-Soviet Jews who celebrate something called Novigod, which is like a version of St. Sylvester's Day mixed with New Year's Eve. Um, and that's kind of frowned upon. So there's no like traditional ways to celebrate in Israel. There's just like a don't do like, no, stop, stop. I mean, valid. Which, understandable, right? And in Austria, they walk pigs on leashes. <laughs> I think I you did. buried the lead, Amy. <laughs> what? But what? None of these have anything in common like, with each other. Why are there not pictures in the drive? <laughs> many people do this like a pig yes. parade. Like, are they are they know. trained pigs? Do they make no, them? No, they're like they're like pigs on a farm. Like they're like just normal pigs, and then they're like, oh, it's Saint Sylvester's Hold Day. On. We have to put pigs on leashes. In Austria, Hungary, and Germany, it is not uncommon in restaurants and cafes for the owner to set a pig loose at midnight. Everyone tries to touch the pig <laughs> because it is considered a symbol of good luck. Yes. Yeah, okay. So everything. Everything that people do to celebrate St. Sylvester's Day, I think, is actually bullshit. And it's really to celebrate the new year. (laughs) But those two things are like have become so closely intertwined. Um, In Germany, there's Sylvester Blith, which isn't right, but I'm going to go with it, which means like a type of melted lead. And the idea is that you drop it in water and then it like takes shape as the water's boiling and like whatever shape the lead takes 
will be a sign of what's to come in your year ahead. So I feel like St. Sylvester's Day is just like, let's get every pagan tradition. Yeah. From around the world. Yeah. On brand. And do whatever. Because we're Catholics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, of course, in Italy, it's all about the food. So in Italy, also pigs, uh, but they're cooked into Mm. pork sausage. (laughs) Apparently, um, uh, again, I just sidebar, I found an article. uh, It's saints who loved animals. And St. Sylvester is on here, his feast day being December 31st. And it says, I thought it was going to be like, oh, he loved whatever pigs or whatever. No, it just says he's credited with caring for a bull. (laughs) Obvious animal lover, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He cared for a bull one time. One time. One time. One time. (laughs) That's like being like, he wasn't anti-Semitic like twice. (laughs) So in Italy, they cook pork sausage and lentils and lentils are the big thing. They slice them. They look like little coins and it's supposed to represent good fortune and money in the year to come. There's all sorts of different recipes um, of like how to prepare lentils. But the big thing is that you eat like this big feast with your family. Sometimes there's fireworks. Sometimes there's concerts that um, if you're in a major metropolitan area, usually like a local orchestra, a symphony will put on a big outdoor concert. So you'll go and enjoy music. But it's this like huge celebration. And just like every other culture, the traditions around New Year's have just become so intertwined with the traditions around St. Sylvester's feast day. And it's really indistinguishable to tell those things apart from now. Um, they have likely very little to do lentils with St. Sylvester. Um, it's m- mainly just a tradition that was co-opted from New Year's Eve celebrations. And then when Catholicism took hold of the area, they're like, oh, um, I know how we'll celebrate this Catholic dude. We'll uh, cook lentils, which we totally weren't doing every year this day anyways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yay, lentils. It's totally different, guys. We add pepper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, if it's ca- if it's a Catholic dish, they don't put any spices, actually. They're cooked plain. <laughs> you have to eat them plain. With copious amounts of wine. Yes. Ooh, I mean, the blood of Christ. Yep. <laughs> That's not weird at all. So that's that's all I got on the history. Uh, Kate. Oh, wait. Actually, there's one more thing I have on the history. Sorry. Hold on. I found an amazing article from NPR called Luck Be a Lentil. So. So I love that. <laughs> I love it. Love Mama loves a good pun. Yeah, it was so good. And there's a direct quote about lentils that I just wanted to read. Real quick. So lentils are served on New Year's Eve after midnight. The lentils with their coin-like shape represent luck and prosperity. The dish is often served with cotocino, cotocino, yeah, cotocino, a spicy pork sausage, and zamponi, a deboned pig trotter stuffed with sausage meat. Pork signifies the fat or bounty of the land, and Italians, among others, eat this quote, other white meat to evoke the future because pigs root forward, whereas other animals such as chickens or cows move backwards or stand still. But whichever way you move in your new year in Italy, forward, backward, sideways, stumbling home drunk, make sure you keep your eyes up. Italians throw out old possessions out of the window after midnight (laughs) as in out with the old, make room for the new gesture. So I just have this amazing image of like you're drunk, 
your belly's full of pork sausage and lentils. You're stumbling down some cobblestone street and just like fucking shit. Yeah. It's yeah. raining down yeah. on you from the, the windows above. The and hits you in the head. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. So that that concludes I'm, my history. Apologies. Kate. I will absolutely be singing. <laughs> hold on. on. I have... Until tonight. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa. Melissa, yes. what do you want to say? Did you know? <laughs> Luck, if you've ever been a legroom to begin with. <laughs> that St. Sylvester's mom went on to study rumpology, which is the study of the buttocks to reveal personality traits in future events. <laughs> Where the fuck did you read that? <laughs> that can't Saint be true. <laughs> Sylvester... Sylvester Stallone. Stallone? <laughs> I hate uh, you. His mom was a rhympologist. Oh, I believe also, that. Also, St. Sylvester, Sylvester attended college. <laughs> attended college in Switzerland, and you can't convince me otherwise. Oh my God! Thank you, Melissa, for that tidbit. Kate, I wish you- any of my movie guys were here because they do some amazing Sylvester Stallone impressions. No, I feel like no Sylvester Stallone impression is amazing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Really good. Mm. DJ does a lot of really, I hope he, because he does listen to the show. I hope he listens to, the, he does a lot of really good impressions. On our last, or yeah, our last movie call, he did a Donald Trump, which I allow now because he's been voted out of office. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like scarily spot on okay okay here's the deal listeners if you can do a good sylvester stallone even even not good i want to hear your sylvester stallone if it's bad definitely send it send it to us and we will include it um at the end of our next episode (laughs) all i want to know is does he good i i know i've seen the picture that he does a good jackie detona uh i just don't know if his impression is as good as the cosplay (laughs) <laughs> i i don't know that i've heard him do jackie daytona okay. but okay. he's he does a great stallone he does a really good al pacino Jesus Christ. oh my god the al pacino okay sorry anyway amy you were finished you were about to say i was about to say kate do you have a recipe for uh, us to share with us tonight so i do okay here so funny thing so i was trying to decide um, because, you know, this is St. Sylvester Stallone's feast day thing that we were talking about. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, so all of us people here, I don't know about you guys, but we usually order Chinese food on New Year's, right? I don't Do you guys order Chinese food on New Year's? Is that a thing? Is that maybe just a thing? I mean, it's definitely a thing. Okay. It's yeah. 100%. I don't, I can't remember if, I know we've definitely done it. I don't know. We've gone over your place and yeah. we've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's definitely an American thing to order Chinese food on New Year's. You have to order like in advance. Like today. Mm-hmm. Like we would like a week ahead. Yeah. yeah if you wanted it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found a recipe in my box that was, it specifically is Chinese beef and pea pods. It's in the international favorites section. Um, and I was looking and I was like, oh, that's fine. I, I am shocked shocked that it is not called oriental oh so um given there how were old your thing is yeah there were definitely uh flavors of the orient were some of the choices that i could have 
could have cho- chosen. I mean, kind of like those um, ramen noodles you used to have the oriental flavor, yeah. but now it's soy yeah. flavor, which, I mean, good change. Yeah. But so I'm shocked that that recipe thing from the 70s doesn't, doesn't say or- it as I'm, oriental. I'm guessing <laughs> that there is there are some in there somewhere. But um, so but then I was like, mm, and um, Dan voted for this one instead, which is just lasagna. But it um, OK. Can I ask your ladies, um, how do you spell lasagna? <laughs> Lasagna. Mm-hmm. Lasagna. Mm-hmm. Um, is it L A S A G N A? Yeah. Yeah. That I think the not this one. This is lasagna. So you know it's good. <laughs> uh, That's great. Yeah. And the reason that I chose this one <laughs> is because um, two reasons. Uh, they used fucking cottage cheese in this recipe. <laughs> And that, I'm like, yeah. what has made Kate so upset? I can see it in her I'm face. I'm so livid about this. <laughs> Instead of ricotta? So, right. Like, real, actual lasagna is made with just bechamel and not ricotta at all. But, like, I can... Sure. But ricotta in lasagna is totally acceptable for most people who... Did, a lot of people aren't making bechamels don't out have here. have a nonny that made their lasagna when they were kids, right? So, like... But this recipe calls for two cups creamed cottage cheese. And I literally threw up in my mouth when I was reading it. So I wanted to share it with what you. What does that mean? It just, um, no. yeah, some people don't, <laughs> I guess, did, didn't dig ricotta. And so they were like, yeah. But well, like, what does it mean creamed? I like you cream know. butter? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like you like pushed through a sieve to Kate, get the. Yeah. I expect you to make all of these recipes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So can I sidebar real mm-hmm, quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, two sidebars actually. The rare Amy yeah, sidebar. <laughs> One is there is a I cannot remember the name of it right now, but I maybe ladies have watched it and can help me remember. But there's a really good uh, TV show on Netflix. Came out several years ago. It's a it's based in World War II. It takes place in Canada, and they talk about it's all about like the women who go to work in the factories. I think it's called Bomb Girls. Something that sounds familiar, but um, when I say really good, I mean it's enjoyable to watch. Um, (laughs) I got you. Look, there's a lot of trash on Netflix. The fashion choices alone are probably worth watching. Right, like don't like be a critic and be like, "Mm, actually, there is some historical inaccuracy. I know. Okay, it's just it's it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. But there's um, there's an Italian character, and he also works in the factory. He's the only man that works in factory because he's Italian. And they refused to draft Italians for yeah. the longest time because they were the enemy. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's. I mean, but like, cool. You don't have to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, he, racism his dad was also put into an internment camp. Yeah. So. Wait, what? It, Italians were also put into internment camps. But I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a it's a thing. Not a, obviously not as much. Not in the numbers of Japanese Americans, but still. Um, but anyways, there's a scene. There's a great scene where he invites this woman over. To, to his mother he still lives with his mother to his mother's house for dinner and she makes boy. this like amazing like beautiful pasta dish and then this woman goes home and she tries to recreate the dish for her husband but she does it by getting like spaghettios from the grocery store because that was like the only access to like quote unquote Italian cuisine mm. <laughs> she is like a white Anglo-Saxon Canadian woman had mm-hmm. and i just thought it was like amazing 
So when as you're talking about uh-huh. as you like the yep. spelling yep. of it and mm-hmm. the ingredients, that's that's what popped into my mind. No, it's, it's totally lasagne. Yeah, Italian. Lasagne. It's got cottage cheese in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fancy. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But it's yeah. just it's it's so funny to think like how recently like I think I the thing that started this whole thing was I posted pictures of a of a cookbook I had found in like a little free library in yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, 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 yeah. And th- it had like it was like a cookbook from the 60s and it was like exotic dishes from around the world. And there was like a whole section on Italy because like that like I feel like in America and the United States, we think of Italian cuisine as just like almost almost like American cuisine. It's, now. Yeah. Like it's it, so yeah, it's ubiquitous. so common. Yeah. Like everybody has a spaghetti night. Like yeah. but yeah. Ne- but like just like like just like 40, 50 years ago, it was so exotic and foreign mm-hmm. and mysterious. Can you imagine not having pasta five days a week? No. I mean, what are you even doing? No, so weird. It's just so. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Those Sorry. are my those are my two points. No, I thank love you for the, the sidebar, ladies. I love those points. Yeah, <laughs> I love an Amy sidebar. Just yeah, like so. It's like where where the fuck was I? I remember cottage cheese. Lasagna. Cottage cheese is gross. Lasagna spelled with an A. That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> I want to like cottage cheese. Uh, yeah, like no. cottage cheese is one of those things where I try every now and then, Mm-mm. and I'm like, I want to like this, no. and then I'm just like, no. You don't have to like disgusting no. things, Melissa. No. You're better like, than that. I mean, cheese is, here's the deal. If you're eating it just as cottage cheese, eat yogurt instead. And if you're eating it in in a recipe, just use ricotta. Like, it's just that yep. easy. There's just. Yep. Yeah. What do you think the the point of swapping in the, again, is it because it's healthier? Is cottage cheese healthier than ricotta? Because cottage cheese is kind of held up as this like health food, which I feel like we could probably do a whole episode on this, but. Mm. as like a health food it can't possibly be um, but it's like the healthy cheese do, alternative yeah we should do a thing on like superfoods or like like Ooh. trendy health foods i think that's in the list mm. probably is mm. the list you never look at <laughs> you made your own because at, it was too overwhelming <laughs> i'm just like ah every time i open it there's so many things so um yeah you gotta send me pictures of the lasagna okay we'll do so, it <laughs> I want to see this weird recipe. Done and done. It doesn't give you instructions on how you're supposed to cream the cottage cheese. No, it just says creamed. So I'm, I maybe that's how it used to say it on the, on the, like package. I don't know. Like when you go to the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like whipped cream cheese, right? Or Mm. like, like large curd, small curd. You know, just creamed. I don't know. But yeah. So the deal with this is curd is a gross word. Curd is a disgusting word. Yeah, I don't Um, like it. So this is about whey. Also gross. Whey Whey itself is gross, but I don't find the word gross. Mm. Mm. Um, So Mm. this hat. The psyche of Melissa. Mm. Uh, This has (laughs) this has beef and pork in it. Um, It's got it's sort of got like make your own tomato sauce with a can of tomatoes and some tomato paste and some garlic salt. Oof. Um, oregano leaves and basil leaves, and that's it. Those are the only spices white people are allowed to have. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are herbs, <laughs> right? Right. It's right, the right. only flavor adding additives. I don't think those count as spices. Yeah, they're herbs. herbs. And then there's Parmesan cheese and three packages of shredded mozzarella cheese. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, and then. 
uh, 12 ounces of lasagna noodles, well cooked and drained. How does it spell lasagna noodles, though? With an E. What? It's lasagna. Lasagna noodles. Yeah. This is um, okay. When I look that up, it says pasta variety, but then everything that comes up is spelled lasagna. The other, the other awesome thing on there here is there's a half a cup grated Parmesan cheese, and then mozzarella cheese noodles, and then a half a cup grated Parmesan cheese. So there's actually doubling up on the parm on here on two different lines. I'm not real sure, but high quality right here and. Like the picture doesn't even look that good. Like it's not even like they didn't even do a good job of like dressing it. Just oh my god. Yeah. So mm-hmm. breaking news. Breaking. There the difference in the spelling. So this seems to be wrong for the recipe, but lasagna with an e is plural and refers to the noodles themselves, also plural. Lasagna with an a is Italian American parlance and refers to the aforementioned cheesy composition. The dish. So the noodle is an E and the dish is an A. Plural, though. Yeah, but but I don't think anybody does that. But I I don't. That's what comes up just doing a preliminary search in Google. So, I mean, not exactly. Oh, I didn't even notice that Amy was sharing. Yeah. I found that. But but it's it's all on packaging. So I think what Melissa's saying definitely holds true. So maybe it was like like. Um, you know, an attempt at being accurate with the language, right? Yeah. Like these but, are multiple. Right. Instead of saying lasagna noodles, mm-hmm. lasagna mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. the plural of them. I think, yeah, yeah. So, and then your little recipe box was like, "This is what the dish is. This called. is what we call it." Yeah, that is not wow. lasagna. what is on the top of that. It's meatballs. <laughs> Oh, those top. are the tiniest meatballs in the. They look like. Can you save some of these, Amy, and put them in the drive? That yeah. looks like <laughs> it looks like blackberries on the top of that lasagna. Yeah, that's what I was like, are those berries? Wow, I love it. Wow, yeah, it's wow. great. It's so great. So that's all I have, ladies. Nice. I learned so much from you both tonight. I learned so much from you that I will immediately forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the nature of the show, though, is that yeah, well, we're normally I'm drinking. drunk, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I, Which, I mean, talking to uh, Kate and my significant others, at least for my husband, it's pretty common for that, him to make a video and then completely forget everything that <laughs> happened in that video, so I don't feel really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. The little stuff I do remember, I get very excited about. Yeah, I was just thinking I, that. I love Keanu Reeves. He's great. Sylvester he did an Stallone amazing job like a, running the Roman Empire. Nope, he didn't let anyone ground. tell you otherwise. Ran, ran it into the ground. No, know what you mean. It's going great. <laughs> Got to go to Turkey if you want to you know, find out what you know, happened he, uh, to Constantinople. He, he forsake first first. How do you forsook 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 all of the Roman gods, and yet when he ordered Constantinople to be built, and they were destroying all the statues in Rome. To build up shit in Constantinople and they destroyed a statue of Medusa, they still put her fucking head upside down because they were still afraid it was going to turn them to stone. Yeah. yeah, they thought they still were like, no, that's real. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's I know we're demolishing everything, but that's real. Yep, that's real. Oh, She's scary. So Christianity is responsible for the downfall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, that tracks. 
Yeah. It's pretty on brand. Yeah. Although they uh, Christianity basically owns everything now, so. Yeah. And maybe that was what needed to happen, I guess. Yeah. And maybe for your New Year's celebrations, consider adding a pig or lentils or some cosplay. Kate, do not add a pig. <laughs> Fine. I hate lentils, though. Those are my choices. Cooked really? or on a leash. Pigs cooked you hate lentils? I hate. I don't yeah, like I'm lentils. I'm not a fan of lentils. Mm. Oh, my God. So I found this, um, again, the same channel. That's the guy that lives in Germany. Um, he did like this uh, traditional Turkish soup that I guess is really popular in Berlin. And I like sent the recipe to my husband because I'm like, please make this. It sounds so good. But it's like um, blended. So is it the texture of lentils yeah, or the so flavor? Maybe you... blended. I would be OK with it. But I don't. Yeah. No, oh, no. I love lentils. Have you never had doll? Like Indian doll mm. from like an Indian restaurant? No, not. No, probably not. Yeah, I know. It's my favorite. Yeah. Anyways, mm. so yeah, unlike last episode, we're going to remember that to wish everyone a Happy New Year. <gasps> happy New happy Year. Last episode, we didn't risk everybody a Merry Christmas oh. or Happy Hanukkah. If you're celebrating, or... well, at the time of this recording, if you're celebrating Kwanzaa, Happy Kwanzaa. Yeah, Hanukkah's happy done. Kwanzaa. So hope you had a good one. And uh, <laughs> oh, a good one. Hopefully. Hope your Christmas was good. Uh, just hope anything was better than how it's been in 2020. Yeah. Hopefully 2021 Ooh. just is, uh, you know, it's 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 I mean, it's it doesn't better. have to do much to be better. Yeah. Just not suck quite so hard. Small improvement. Just inch inch a little bit closer. Yeah. We really yeah. can't yeah, handle this. we really can't handle major improvements. We have have proven that we are not capable of making good choices. So small, small incremental. Mm-hmm. Not us at Drunk Dish. We make not, we make excellent amazing choices. choices. Yes. I meant excellent. I meant we as the masses. <laughs> yes. Yes. The proverbial <laughs> we. Um, so yeah, happy New Year's to everybody. Yes, happy New Year. Um, thanks. Thanks for joining. I hope that you join us next time. That's all we got. So. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Every single episode ends with me going every fucking time. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Drunk Dish. For recipes and more, please visit DrunkDish.com. If you like what you hear, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Apple Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at DrunkDishPod and Instagram at DrunkDish. And again, thanks for listening.